Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. Coming off 370 plus on FanDuel last night, Coach. Nicely done. Are you ready to do it again? You know what? I'm ready to to move that number up. I'm I'm chasing 400, buddy. That's what I'm doing. But no, it was it was a fun night. It was uh, Fanduel specifically really did well both on on the the hybrid and the GPP, and you know had some decent finishes both on uh, DraftKings and Yahoo. Now it was a challenge, man. I'll admit it. You know we had that Tobias Harris news break. You know really late in the in the process. I was like one minute from posting lineups. And then, you know, he tested uh, positive for uh, COVID, the the protocol deal. So he was out and it just shuffled a bunch of other guys, a couple other news drops. So, you know, we've been through this rigors. We know that it's possible that things can just blow up in that last 20 minutes. And so we scrambled, we made the lineups, the adjustments, we got the guys in there, we needed. Now it wasn't easy and it wasn't fun, but, uh, you know, it was fun once we got him in. And once we did in, in a lot, I felt great about our lineups. I put it right in Discord. I said it was tough. Hope everybody got everything updated, but it was well worth it. So, yeah, it's a lot easier when you don't have those last-minute changes. But as funny as it is, Andrew, I found when we're scrambling like that because we know where we want to go with things, it is an advantage. It really helps us. Yeah, I mean, you have to be ready for that and ready for the pivots. And that's why we dig into these rotations every day, the matchups, and we start early in the day to get ready for everything. And, uh, you know, that's part of the game. So I agree. Uh, If you can pivot, then you will have an edge. So great job. Let's see if we can do it again here on the five-game slate. Starting at 7 o'clock Eastern, we've got three – Three of these 10 teams involved in a back-to-back. We've got some big injury news with some stars on this slate. So we'll go through that as we as we get to each game. But starting with Milwaukee in Detroit. Milwaukee only four-and-a-half-point favorites with a 215-and-a-half total because Middleton, Lopez, and Drew Holiday are all out. We've got Giannis probable, Hood probable, and Grayson Allen probable. And then on the Detroit side, Sadiq Bey probable. But uh, break this day, break this game down for us, starting with that Milwaukee side. Yeah, and you know what? Since we have the five game, and it's it's you and I doing this, and it gives us a little extra time. I think it's time to introduce a couple of of really key categories back into the mix here. Now I know we have teams that have played five, six, seven, or eight games. It's sort of all over the board, more of an average of like six, six and a half games. But it's enough that we're getting a sample size. It's not ideal. I'd like to get about, you know, a dozen games to really dig into the numbers, but it's enough that it's worth looking at because there's so many teams that made changes, so many different dynamics that everything has shifted. So the the two things I want to introduce back in today is just look at how teams are doing as as far as points allowed, where they sit defensively so that we can start you know, to see that pattern. And again, it's not a perfect science, but it gives us some input of who we want to look at, uh, they're playing against, or or who we need to avoid. The other part is usage. You know, that's one of my biggest things that I use every day. And so I dug down for every team today. And, and by the way, it's no trade secret here. If you're preparing for an NBA slate, Use basketballreference.com. I know Andrew and I have used it for years. It's phenomenal. You can dig down in the advanced stats, not only look at usage, but look at specific usage when people are on or off the floor. You can look back at previous games that they played each other. I mean, it's such a fantastic tool. So even though it's early uh, in the season, I want to look at those usage numbers because I can't wait to get your response on some of these, Andrew, because there's some shocking ones. But there are teams that changed, you know, three of their starters from last year and some four. So it is worth a look. And hopefully, you know, we can squeeze that in with each team. All right. The first thing I want to tell you right off the bat, you know, since we're looking at the Bucks first, you know, they were a, a solid defensive team last year. And that's why they won the championship. Right now, they rank 25th out of 30 teams, Andrew, in giving up points 
at 112 points a game. Does that surprise you? A little bit, but they, they do play at a fast pace. And with those injuries, plus the little championship hangover, uh, I'm not shocked at that number. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, you're right. And pace definitely does affect that. There's no question about it. So, uh, all right, so let's take a look at this the usage numbers here real quick, too, because these aren't going to be real surprising. And uh, we it certainly need to look with these guys out where it's going to go. So I'm, I'm giving you the usage percentage with everybody in so we can remove the usage from the guys that are out and, and present it elsewhere. Uh, Giannis at 34, which is pretty stout, nothing wrong with that. Middleton at 30. So those are normally our two go-to guys. You know, Holiday being out at 21.4 usage uh, definitely uh, stings. And then, let uh, you know, Brooke being out, he was only being used at 13. So that's not a big loss there. Guys that we normally go to here are not the ones from a usage standpoint that have really made an impact. Now, again, don't yell at your uh, your computer or your phone and say, Coach, he's only played two games. But I know Bobby Portis has only played two games. I get it. But he's 30% usage when he's in there. So that makes him, with them being shorthanded, very usable to me. Uh, the other guy that, that I thought was very impressive is Justin. Uh, I'm sorry. I was calling Justin for some reason. Jordan Awara, who's 19%, which is pretty stout, and he's played in all seven games. So that's a guy to look at. The guys that are down further that surprised me were Grayson Allen, who's a real shooter, only at 16. And then Pat Connaughton, who everybody's been jamming in, is 13. And George Hill is 12.7. So Connaughton and Hill, although they're getting a lot of play with everybody being shorthanded, uh, are really not getting the usage that you would expect. And I think maybe, you know, we need to look more at, uh, you know, the guys like Portis and Noir to get some more of that action. Yeah, and, and you know, with the three big guys out that you mentioned, three of the top four, uh, I mean, it's a game changer here against Detroit. And I do like some of these guys to slide in and be key plays tonight, or at least potential plays. You know, Portis, you know, 15 shots off the bench in the last game in limited minutes. He definitely came in and jacked it up. Nawara yes. has been getting the most consistent usage out of those bench guys, but he hasn't been shooting well yet this year. Right. But the guy I'm really excited about tonight is Thanasis. Um, he got 15 shots up as a starter last yeah. game. Only 3,100 on DraftKings, 42 on FanDuel. He's locked in for me tonight, Coach. Are you interested in him? You know, I, I'm not, and I'll tell you why. I I think that it is just, and you know me, when I sniff out a, a split of a position in minutes, I just I shy away. And I, I feel like now that Portis is in his third game back, that Thanasis and Portis just split the minutes. So I get it, and I think both of those guys are playable, but I'm not going to play them just because I smell a timeshare coming. I don't think you can fade Thanasis at 3,100. He just had 31 fantasy points. I mean, could he have a dud and, you know, put up 18 to 20? He could, but that's still 6X. The guy is such a hustle guy. You know, he's just being out there that much. I think he's he's a lock to pay it off. Portis is, right. you know, Portis I don't think you need to play because he's mid 4K on both sites. But yeah, I could see him getting more than 19 minutes. I could see him paying it off. Uh, he's more of a GPP look to me. Um, but I'm, I'm going to play baby Giannis, or at least in terms of his production over the years. Well, I'll be rooting for you, man. I I just not you know again, even though it's only a five game slate, uh, I just I just don't want any timeshare issues if I can avoid it. That's my whole deal. Well, what about the rest of the Bucks here? Are, are you going to go Giannis or one of these fill-in guys uh, like Hill or Connaughton or Allen? Well, Detroit stinks. We know that. Um, but we like the fact that Milwaukee's playing at, at you know a good pace. Giannis is super expensive, but on a five-game slate, you know, you can get away sometimes fading a Giannis, and he's not crushed his number lately either. But you can get away with fading him on those giant slates because you can slide other guys around. But I just – I'm going with Giannis here. 
He's my one pay-up guy. If Detroit being at home can just hang a little bit, I mean, they've got their guys back, Bay and Grant and Stewart are all playing. So, you know, if they could just keep it close enough that Giannis gets somewhat of a full run, we know he never plays a full fourth quarter when they're winning, but I just I just don't want to fade him here, I, especially with Bam being questionable and, you know, some of the, the bigger inside guys. I, I really don't like any of the other bigs to blow it out. So I, it's Giannis by default for me. And then, you know, after really studying those those numbers and, and digging deeper, I'm going to think about getting my value possibly from a Noara. And on the opposite side, I'm, I may go Bobby Portis in a GPP. Okay. I think George Hill at 3,800 is playable on DraftKings. Allen and Connaughton, you know, sure they could do it, but they're not my favorite because uh, we don't need to play five bucks here, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, how about the Detroit side? What do you have there for usage and, and defensive numbers? Yeah, let me click over here. Okay, Detroit, as far as allowing points per game, let's see. They are in um, – that moved around on me. They're only 14th, which isn't bad. Now, they're giving up only that 107.2, but that's because they're paying, playing at a slow pace. Uh, they're not efficient offensively. They use a ton of the shot clock. And so even though they're only the middle of the pack defensively, um, that's a little deceiving because they're so poor so far this season on offense. So you got to look at both sides of that coin for sure. And then as far as the usage goes, um, right now we've got what you would sort of expect here. You've got the main guy, Jeremy Grant, at 25.6. But you're going to love this one because I know we both like this guy and we play him even though he's been coming off the bench. But he's sort of squeezing out Isaiah Stewart a little bit, and that's Kelly Olynyk. He has played in six games. They've played six. He's played all six. He's a 24% usage, man. That's a good number for a guy that's lower priced. He's only point, uh, 1.6 below Grant on the highest usage for the team. But now you've got a new guy in the mix. Now, I will admit that one game is a bit of a small <laughs> sample, but Cade Cunningham, and I, I'm, I've got a feeling, just this is my gut feeling, you might like Cade Cunningham tonight. I don't, you know, I always try to feed off of that Andrew basketball energy. But he did get 23% usage in his first game, and he looked like a player. And they just, you know, they brought him along slow. I think he's fine. They just rest him that game. They don't want to play him on a back-to-back. So, you know, you've also got a couple other choices here. Trade, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Sadiq Bey at 22% also. So there's a lot of sharing going on. And then if you have the courage, I generally don't, to play Josh Jackson. Jackson, he's at 21%. So other than that, it's really no one's worth mentioning, and including the guy I've always backed, Isaiah Stewart, uh, poultry, 15%. He is just shifted down. So based on usage and based on who I'm looking at in this game, um, you know, Jeremy Grant has kept them in some games. If I'm going Giannis, I'm going to need somebody on this side of the ball, but I like Kelly Olynyk's price. I'm interested in Kate Cunningham as well. Yeah. My favorite is Kate coming Kate Cunningham on DraftKings at 3,600. You to say, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I mean, I think he's mispriced over there. You know, yep. yeah, he was one for eight in his first game, but you know, he got up eight shots in only 19 minutes, seven rebounds. Uh, he played great this summer, so I, I think he'll do better in his second game. Um, Five thousand on Fanduel don't necessarily need to go there, um, so that's why you really got to look at each site. Yeah. Um, the bigs here, that's the type of mix-up that I don't really like right now because, like you said, Stewart, his minutes are way down. Yeah, um, He just hasn't been on. Um, and then Grant Olenek, yeah, either one of them could do it. Uh, but Grant Olenek Bay, uh, you know, in the mid-tier, uh, I'm just probably not going to go there today. It's, you know, and then Josh Jackson coming off the bench, assuming he – he will. I think he will. Um, not, probably not the, the day for him either for me. So it's probably Kate Cunningham or bust. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I don't blame you. I, I still think a Linux a decent price, but I'm not yeah. racing to the you know window for him either. Yeah. All right, let's go to game two. Your Mavericks are going to host Miami. Yeah, I'm not TNT. excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> Heat favored by two. Total 211. Dallas is on the front end of a back-to-back. They're going to go to San Antonio tomorrow. Injury news. Bam, questionable. Yeah. Struess is out for Miami. Yeah. And then on the Dallas side, Kleba is out. Porzingis, questionable. So uh, big turning points there with Bam especially. Uh, what do you have on the Miami side? Well, let's, you know, the, the reason I'm not so excited about it is Miami's number one in the league defensively, of course. We knew they would be. I mean, they, they put together, Spolstra has all these defensive specialists, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, with Butler and, of course, PJ, et cetera. So they're only giving up 97 points a game through their first six games. If you're, you're holding teams in the NBA under 100 on a consistent basis, that's pretty damn good. So that – that scares me for sure. Um, and then, you know, the Mavericks aren't exactly chopped liver on defense. They rank sixth. So uh, they have outperformed uh, what a lot of people thought they would do de- defensively so far. But again, does some of that have to do with the fact that they haven't been as good offensively? I, I believe so. But let's let's look at uh, the advanced stats here. Usage for the Miami Heat. Now, you want to take a stab because this surprised me, brother. Who's number one usage? And he's played in all six games for the Miami Heat. Hero. You're right. You're too sharp, man. You're much sharper than you look. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, uh, he is. He's 30% usage. So there's the reason we're, we've been loving on Hero, and he has performed it and done it. Jimmy Butler right behind him at 28, and then Bam at 27. So the question is, if Bam's out, where does all that usage go? Does it fly to Dwayne Dedman, who's at 17% usage off the bench? Or do they play smaller? You know, that'll be the big question. Um, you know, if Bam, I, that's this is one of those scenarios that we talk about. You, you can't really break down a team and completely, you know, uh, go after a guy unless, you know, if someone's going to play or not. And Bam's such a massive part of that team. Not only does he affect them defensively, but uh, offensively against a Dallas porous interior defense. You know, if if Bam plays and doesn't have restrictions, he's one of my favorite plays as well. But uh, if he sits, that shuffles the deck. I think then you got to look at Hero, Butler, and Deadman from the Miami side. Yeah, I like those three. Yeah, if Bam is out, Deadman, I love. Uh, only played 17 minutes in the last game, but had five fouls and yeah. almost he had was a double in double. foul trouble. Yeah. yeah. Butler, 9,100 on DraftKings. I like that price a lot. A little tougher on FanDuel, 10,000. Yeah. Hero, I like on both sites. And then the other price that jumped out at me is Lowry on FanDuel. He's 5,900. You know, yeah. he hasn't been shooting it a ton, uh, but played well in the last game. And I just think that's too cheap for him. It um, is cheap. I will say, though, he's just over 15% usage, and he was at almost 30% usage last year in Toronto. Yep. Yeah, I haven't played him at all this year, but tonight might be the night on FanDuel. Yeah. Um, with the Dallas side here, um, with Porzingis questionable and Kleba out, yeah. we might get another spot start from Bullock. Uh, other than that, do you do you think it will be Luca, THJ, DFS, and Powell as usual? Yeah, I do. Uh, losing Kleba was a was just a monstrosity. He was playing fantastic. I mean, not on both ends of the floor. He was hitting threes, blocking shots. Yeah, I'm sick about losing him. And it's a nasty back thing too, which is right. You know, never knew how long that's going to take. You know, right. Now, in terms of fantasy plays tonight. Uh, you mentioned that great defense. You know, I'm not too high on Luca here. Maybe on FanDuel at 10-4, uh, but I don't think I'm going to pay over 11,000 for him on DraftKings. And nobody else, again, jumping off the page in this tough matchup. Um, you know, Brunson is is pretty cheap on FanDuel, uh, but we have some other value plays that we that I like. 
you know, so uh, Dallas might be a fade for me. Anybody you like here? You know, I hate to say it, but no, I mean, I really don't. I, I don't like this game for the Mavs being shorthanded. Who the hell knows if Porzingis is going to play or not? You know, probably not. Uh, with Kleba out and them being able to focus and Jimmy Butler being able to focus on Luka, I'm not paying up for him. Um, you know, I won't cry in my soup if he has one of his monster games, but I just don't think that, you know, this this is the right scenario for him. And that's, uh, you know, that saves the cash and allows me to, to get up to, to Giannis. But as far as the uh, the usage goes, let's take a quick look at that here. For some reason, it switched me off that page. Um, well, of course, Luca. How about a nice thirty five percent usage, Andrew? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is hard to fade. But if you're ever going to fade him, Miami and Butler, wouldn't that be the spot? And Tucker and all those guys. Yes, it would. You know, as as. Dingy as Porzingis is, and as much I don't think he's going to play, he's still getting 30% usage when he's in there. So they definitely need him. Where does all that go? So here's here's a question I have for you. Do Does your man, your favorite player in the league, Boban Marinovich, at 29% usage when he gets in there, do you think he gets a look tonight? You know, if you have multiple bigs out, and I was coaching, he would play every game and more minutes than he does. But – Willie Cauley-Stein's been in the rotation. They've got Moses Brown. So, you know, I can't say that he'll play and that he'll play enough minutes to be relevant. I um, agree. Because I'm, I'm not in charge down there. It either. Yeah, I'm with you. But when he does, you know he gets his number, right? Oh, yeah, almost every time. And then if you listen to this group of usage, nothing makes me jump out of my seat. Uh you know, the Mavs are four and two, but I just am not real comfortable with their offense right now. You know, a lot of people like to pay play Brunson, but his price is snuck up. He's at 20%, uh, Brown 19, Hardaway 18, Finney Smith 17, Nitalikina that's in the rotation now at 16, Dwight Powell at a paltry 14, Bullock at 13 and a half. I mean, I just don't see playing any of those guys that you know, on any given particular night, especially when you're going against a good defensive team uh, that really jump out for me. So this could be my first full fate of the Mavericks this year. So I apologize, uh, Dirk swearing in the background here, but we'll just have to get past it. (laughs) All right, game three, Coach. Sacramento and Utah, 9 o'clock Eastern. Highest total on the board at 220. Uh, Utah favored by 9. And this is a front end for Sacramento. They're going to go home and play New Orleans tomorrow. Um, injury news. I don't think I've got anything written down here, Coach. So That never uh, happens. Seriously. Uh, so talk to us about the Sacramento side. Well, let's talk defensively, first of all, for these two teams so that we know what we're pairing up against. Sacramento's 24th in the league at a 11.8th. So not defending that great. And, of course, Utah, what else is new? They're in the top group. They're third at only allowing 98.3. So I know this is a high total, and Sacramento really pushes the pace. But, you know, that number three ranking by Utah consistently has always kept them right in the flow. So, uh, you know, that makes me not as excited about you know, the high level of, of points in this game. But uh, maybe on the Utah side, uh, it can be a little bit stronger. So I'm trying to reload my my usage uh, stuff keeps unloading on my computer for some reason here. But um, you asked me Sacramento first, correct? Correct. Okay. So on the Sacramento side, I mean, the bottom line is, is Utah going to be able to slow them down? If they're not, and I can't wait till next year when they don't they stop allowing that breakaway, uh, you know, uh, fouls where they can just run a stinking break the way it's supposed to be. Um, you know, usage wise, it's pretty simple here. You've got De'Aaron Fox. He's got the ball in his hands. He's twenty nine point two percent usage, which you got to love. And, you know, on any given night, he can get it done. Um, you know, it's interesting because when they have. When they have uh, Conley in there, he does a decent job generally against the big boys. 
but but not uh, when Clarkson rotates in. Then it, it becomes a whole different scenario. So I do think at the 29.2 usage rate for Fox, he's going to get a decent amount of opportunities. Uh, you know, the, the odd thing is Heald's coming off the bench, but he's played in all six games, and he's managed even off the bench to get 26% usage, which is pretty high for a guy coming off the bench. So I think you can look at him. Uh, Barnes has had some good games, but his price is just ridiculous at 22%. A guy that I've played too much is Rashawn Holmes because his price always is able to squeeze in, but he's only 17%. And the guy that's taken the biggest step back, Andrew, is Halliburton. He's only at 16% usage. He's tied with Davion Mitchell. So now you've got those two guys somewhat in a timeshare. So, you know, after Fox spending up, maybe going the cheaper route with Heald, but, you know, against that Utah defense, again, I'm not jumping out of my seat for Sacramento. Yeah, Heald is interesting. You got to love, he's averaging over 10 three-point attempts per game. So he That's just comes up, up. Yeah. he just comes <laughs> in and chucks. And uh, so that you kind of like that on DraftKings, you get the bonus, he's only 5,800. He's playable there for me. Uh, Barnes, you know, like you said, his price is up from last year, but playing well. Uh, when these Very two teams well. played played earlier, he was 25 and 15. Uh, so he's playable for me. Uh, but then, you know, Halliburton, like you said, you know, as a starter, uh, just a different dynamic, uh, different for him than coming off the bench. Uh, so I, I kind of lean healed over Halliburton and Fox. I like the usage, but I don't like his shooting so far this year. I'd like to see him get that turned around before I invest in him. Um, you know, on, on this slate, I'm, I'm not looking there. You know, I uh, want to mention real quickly, not to interrupt, but, you know, I look at Ja Morant and De'Aaron Fox in, in this, a very similar light. And this year, Ja Morant is knocking down those threes and hitting shots, and his percentages are way up. He's shooting 40% from three. That's what Fox needs to do. If Fox can put those pieces together, then those two are, are two of the best young point guards. But right now, Ja's got that edge on him. For the reason you exactly said, Fox is not consistently hitting that jumper. Absolutely. On the Utah side, in that earlier matchup, Rudy had one of his big games, 17 and 20. Yeah. Uh, he's playable for me at just over 8,000 on both sites. Uh, center only, which is one of the issues on this site. There are a few guys, even on FanDuel, who are center only. Yeah. So um, just going to have to live with that. Uh, but, you know, you mentioned that poor defense for Sacramento. I'm, I'm interested in Mitchell, uh, especially on FanDuel at only 8,000. He yeah. was strong against Sacramento earlier. You know, Conley was solid. Clarkson, those three guards are all in the mix for me. Uh, so I'm looking at them and possibly Gobert tonight. Yeah, Gobert's put up some big numbers. I have to give it to him. He really has. Um, for me, you know, looking at this usage number just solidifies the fact that Donovan Mitchell is one of my favorite plays on the slate. I think he's priced too low. This is a great matchup against Sacramento. He's getting a robust 34% usage for, for the Jazz, which that's, that's a big number. And, uh, you know, I think that he's, he's a great play in this fit here with at that price. So I'm going to have him in, in everything, uh, both cash and GPP. Uh, the, the guy that's second by a long shot here, too, is Jordan Clarkson at 32% usage. And I didn't see that. I haven't play, paid as close attention to Clarkson. I played him a ton last year. But with that kind of usage and the, and the minutes he's getting off the bench and his price, which has remained low, I think he's a terrific play in this matchup as well. So those two guys are, are where I'm focusing to give you an idea on the big drop in usage after that, you've got Bogdanovich at 22, but Conley at 19. Gobert's only 17, believe it or not. He creates all his own stuff off of offensive rebounds and everything else. But the other guys that have sort of faded away, Ingles at 13, your buddy, old, old buddy Royce O'Neal at eight. That stings. So, you know, you, you're starting to get a little bit of bench usage here. Whiteside, when he's in, is a respectable 16%. He'll be similar, not quite as dominant as like Drummond was for us with, with Embiid out, but if, if Rudy takes a game off, you're going to have Whiteside jump in on everybody's lineups at some point too. 
But for me, uh, Andrew, it's it's all about Donovan Mitchell and sprinkle in some value, Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, and and Ingles, speaking of uses, is one of the perfect examples of if a guy is out, you know, he really jumps up, especially as a starter. But with all these guys playing tonight and him coming off the bench, he's a fade for me. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, Coach, before we get to these last two games, just want to invite folks to join us for lineups tonight, dfscoachtalk.com. Grab a membership. We will invite you into our Discord. You'll get our DraftKings Coaches Clipboard, and then you're going to get full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo, cash lineups and GPP. Um, what else? Did I miss anything there? Well, I do have a question for you. If I happen to join Coach Talk on a basketball uh, membership, do yes. I just get basketball? No, we handle four sports here, Coach. You're kidding. You know that. You get wow. football, baseball. I think there's a baseball game tonight. There uh, is a matter of fact. World Series. <laughs> <laughs> game five. And uh, PGA as well, two times a week we give out lineups. So, yeah, jump in. You get all of our lineups for all of our sports, no matter what the membership is called. It's just based on a length of time. So exactly. grab the three-day pass, five-day pass. Grab a half season. Uh, join some of the other folks who've done that recently and uh, become part of the family. Absolutely. And and by the way, if you're watching on YouTube right now, quick thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, give us a little comment and uh, hit the little alarm button in the top corner. So, you know, when our podcast posts, we really, really appreciate that. Absolutely. All right. Game four, the other TNT game, 10 o'clock Eastern New Orleans in Phoenix. The Suns are favored by 11 216 and a half total New Orleans on the front end of a back to back. They're going to go to Sacramento tomorrow. Lots of injury news here uh, in the morning, Coach, on Tuesday. We've got Ingram, Temple, and Devontae Graham all questionable for New Orleans. And then on the Phoenix side, uh, campaign is still out, and Aiton is questionable with the leg issue. So kick things off for us here on the New Orleans side. Well, let's yeah, let's talk defensively here because this game has a lot of potential. You know, I think this game could be – where you grab a guy or two from one side or the other here and match it up because right now uh, New Orleans is, is 22nd giving up 111 points per game. And the shocking thing is the team, the Phoenix Suns that were in the top five defensively all year. Now I granted they've only played five games. So it's a very small sample size, but they haven't played the toughest schedule in the world and they're giving up 110.2 which is like 10 points over what they were last year. So for whatever reason, defensively, uh, they're not clicking on all cylinders. So I think what that does is it, you know, it opens it up a little bit for uh, a little bit more DFS ownership. Cause a lot of times last year we got into the point where we were saying, okay, you know, Phoenix is locked down, et cetera. And then they have their three studs that are dominating so we, we did a lot of fading of, of Phoenix games, but it's a little bit different scenario this year for whatever the, the reason being. Um, you know, B.I.'s the news. I mean, he's 31% usage for them. If he plays, he's a great play. If he sits, then that usage has to go elsewhere. So where is that going to flow? I'll tell you, the Pelicans are a hot mess, man. I I don't know about you, but I, I don't know what happened. This team had so much potential to be such a good team uh, when they got that Zion pick and then boom, they were good. And then now they're just shambles. But uh, again, injuries have something to do with that. So can we really break this game down down, not knowing who's in, who's out? Not really. So let I'll just say real quickly, if Ingram's in, he's, a, he's an interest for me. If he's out, you know, the usage shows Devontae Graham at 24%, which is way higher than I thought. So he's a consideration followed closely by Nikhil Alexander-Walker at 23 and Joe Val at 22. So, the you know, I'm going to look at Graham Walker and Joe Val, not obviously all three of them, but probably one of them if B.I. is out. Um, after that, you can consider Josh Hart. Um, you know, we know he can throw a 10-rebound game on the board. His usage isn't up there yet, but he's just come back. He's only played three games. So not doing somersaults here. I almost hope Ingram is t- uh, out of this game because I could even go feel good about an Alexander Walker, Joe Val kind of one-two punch. 
Yeah, I'm I'm the same uh, as you on this New Orleans side. Um, Graham, you know, he's getting up a bunch of shots, uh, so he's in play for me. If BI is out, you could look at Hart, you could look at Walker. But Joe Val is my other primary target here. Really just a new lease on life for him. Monster yeah. double-doubles. Um, so, you know, I, I do like him. The problem, again, for him, he is center only on both sites. Um, so you may FanDuel is going to be the real challenge here. Um, do you go yes. with Joe Val? Do you go with Rudy Gobert? Uh, if Bam is out, do you go with Deadman? So that's the beauty of two lineups, a cash lineup and a GPP. Um, yeah. But I'm not going to mess with anybody else on the New Orleans side. And I will add, the, you know, the record is terrible at 1-6, and six, but they have had a bunch of close losses. And, of course, yeah. Zion is out. So I want to see what it's like when, when Zion comes back. And if they can't get it together with Zion back, then, then I'm really concerned because uh, you know, they've made some moves. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, Phoenix. You know, it's be... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say the frustrating thing is when Zion does come back and we still don't know when that is yet, you know, I mean, he's out of shape dramatically. So, you know, it's going to be, you know, fostering in those minimal minutes and getting him back in the right. flow. And, oh, yeah. you know, just a, a DFS nightmare because he scoops usage away from people, but not enough to pay his price. So I'm not looking forward to this mess with the Pelicans. No, that'll be a good week or two of, just avoiding the situation until he gets his full minutes. Yeah. I'm All right. You. On the Phoenix side here with Aiden questionable, um, you know, that's, that's newsworthy. If he's out, we're going to see a lot of JaVale McGee, uh, yeah. one more center to throw into the mix. Yeah. Um, and then with the rest of the Phoenix guys here, I'm interested in Booker tonight. Uh, you know, you mentioned the poor defense. He's really stepped it up here the last couple of games with his scoring. So yeah. I'm looking there. Bridges uh, at his 5K range price, you know, he'll pay that off one of these days with a bunch of stocks and some threes. This could be the night, uh, but that's probably about it for me. Um, you know, Booker maybe Bridges, uh, and then McGee potentially if if Aiton is out. But I probably lean towards, um, you know, a guy like Deadman if if Deadman is starting? Well, you know, to show you how DFS can change on a day-to-day basis, you know, I very well, this, this is no joke. If Bam sits and Aiden sits, the core of my interior on all sites, I'm not joking. It will be JaVale McGee and Dwayne Deadman. Now, isn't that crazy? But I mean, you're not going to get better value for two guys that have proven statistically that their usage is very good when they play and it it supports here JaVale McGee is fourth on the team in usage for the minutes that he gets in there he hasn't played a ton but he's played in all five games and he's at a real healthy 23 percent usage and we know that McGee when he does get in is a good you know points per minute as long as he doesn't get in foul trouble which is a possibility but I like him a lot here I hope Aiton sits because if I can have Deadman and and McGee and feel like I'm going to get 7x from those guys, which I would based on their numbers, usage, and the defensive uh, teams that they're playing, um, that really will let me get the guy like I agree with you here. I'd like to add Booker to the mix of the key guys that I want in Mitchell and Giannis. He's a 33% usage guy, which would you believe Chris Paul's only 19? I don't know what if Paul's finally seeing age. Or, but there's regression big time with Paul. He was second on the team in usage last year. Now he's eighth. So, well, that I'm sure that'll change small sample size, but it is what, what the number is. So I'm with you on Booker. I really love that play. And McGee, 100% play for me. If if uh, if Aiton is out, I'm probably not going to have the guts to play him unless in a GPP if, if Aiton plays. But after that, I really, I'll tell you what, Phoenix has been shockingly underwhelming. Uh, I don't know if it's, you know, like you say, they're, they're just flat after making the finals or they're, I don't know, but the focus isn't there and they have that group of guys back. You know, um, Paul, like I say, 
numbers have been poor, 19% usage. A guy we used to smash with last year, Mikhail Bridges, who you mentioned, is only 18% usage. And even like guys like Cam Johnson, who was start, starting to show promise, 15% usage and not hitting shots. So, uh, yeah, a little south on Phoenix right now. Definitely want to uh, fire up Booker, and then hopefully we'll see what the news brings with the rest of the guys. Absolutely. All right, last game of the night, we have Houston in L.A. to take on the Lakers. Wonderful. Uh, these guys <laughs> just played on Halloween, and Lakers won a low-scoring one. 95 to 85. Uh, the total tonight, 217. Lakers favored by 10 and a half. And some uh, significant injuries here. Tice, Jay Sean Tate, both questionable for Houston. On the Lakers side, LeBron listed as questionable with the ankle. Dwight Howard, questionable. And Ellington, still questionable. It's a headache, man. I mean, who, who do you think LeBron plays again? I do. Yep. Do you? Okay. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, we're in that position where, you know, we're we're back to this Lakers not knowing what the hell's going on. And, and Well, it's you, notice, you notice I didn't mention AD, who's listed as probable. Not, not going to mention that. No. And, you, you know, it comes down to you've got to be smart and you, you can't just lock your lineup in a half an hour before the slate locks and then, you know, go about your business. If you really want to win consistently in DFS – uh, you, you need to follow it or you need to come with us. Go, you know, dfscoachtalk.com. Come on and join us because we'll do this homework. We're going to painstakingly watch all this news as it develops. We're going to follow it through and, and see who's in, who's out. But, you know, it is coming back to that scenario where you have to leave a late swap spot for a Laker. I mean, it, it really does because. And any given night, you know, somebody's in, somebody's out, or one or two guys are out, and then you get a play that you just can't avoid. So, uh, you know, that's where you, you have to be strategic here. And the games are – the nice is their stepladder tonight. They're pretty much games starting all throughout the night, even though there's only five. So you can you get some pivots set for the 10 and 10.30 Eastern game. But, you know, it, it makes it tough. But – we're talking Houston first, I believe, correct? Correct. All right, usage for Houston. Um, Kevin Porter at 24%, Christian Wood at 24%, Zhen Goon off the bench, 24%, Jalen Green, 23%. So that tells you right there, can you find a standout in those guys? I mean, there's, you know, there's five guys. Granted, Shen Goon's not getting as many minutes, but they've all played in all six games except for, uh, uh, no, they have all played in all six games, and they're all sharing the ball. And we know that the Green and Porter are going to chuck and duck. We know that Eric Gordon on any given night at 20%, he's just barely behind those guys, he can get it done. So, man, Andrew, I hope you have some information for me here that can sway me. But I just, I look at this situation of Woods, Shengun, Green, Gordon, Porter, and I think I, I don't see a guy that can I feel can really separate themselves. And that's not even mentioning Tate and Tice and some of these other guys that are getting minutes. It's it's almost like they know that they're a horrible team. Uh, they're going to try to get a bunch of guys minutes. They want to showcase guys like Eric Gordon because they have already stated with John Wall and Gordon, they're going to probably move them because they're in a complete rebuild. So you got a mixture of that. They're trying to get some of the young guys minutes, you know, like Jen Goon and, and Josh Christopher and, and uh, you know, some of the other guys off the bench as well. Nawaba even getting a little bit of time. So it's a, it's a cluster for me. I, I just, I hate playing their guys. They often disappoint, you know, Christian Wood's the most dependable, but he's so overpriced. And then, you know, as rookies, Porter and Green can have good games, but they also can turn the ball over 10 times. So I don't know, man. I'm just – the jury's out for me on Houston. Yeah, for me tonight, it's just a GPP look. I'm not really interested in these guys in cash. But at their price tags, Porter and Green, you know, they get up enough shots where they could they could do damage. They could. Uh if Tice is out, then Shangun is becomes playable for me. He he is power forward eligible on FanDuel. 
but if everybody plays, I'm I'm looking to fade Houston. Uh, and you know, it's a just a strong defense over there. And the inexperience, the youth of Houston, you know, they showed showed in that last match up here, only putting up 85 against the Lakers. So just not expecting much out of the Houston side. I do want to let me jump in because I was shocked at this stat too. And I apologize, I forgot to mention it like I did with the other four games. The defense points allowed. You know, I've respected LA's defense and their interior defense, you know, with with their big guns in there, but they're 26th out of 30 teams. Can you believe that? They're giving up over 112 points a game. Now, granted, the AD missed a game or two and LeBron missed a game. So it's this how much do you read into the stats? The bottom line is this, and this is something I wanted to mention to you, and I wanted our listeners and members to hear. They gave away all their perimeter defense last year. I have no idea who was organizing. Let's put this team together of Monk and Nunn and these guys. But they, you know, they in the last year or two, and when they won the championship, they had guys like Danny Green, Avery Bradley, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who they desperately missed. Those guys are premier perimeter defenders. They don't have any of those guys. And so you're seeing that. Maybe the interior is decent, although centers have been hurting them lately. They're just not defending. And until they address that situation, I don't think they're a contender to win it. So I wanted to bring that up here because, they, again, they're 26. It's early, but it does show on the floor. And Houston, for what it's worth, is 15th, you know, in the middle of the pack. But, you know, again, slower play and non, non-efficiency. So I wanted to throw that to you. Yeah, I think I think the Lakers are a good example of a team where the small sample size is a little bit more important because of the injuries that you mentioned, the occasional yeah. uh, absences that we've had. And, you know, one thing I've noticed is they are making moves even in-game with defense as a focus. Um, one game early in the season, they pulled Monk after a defensive lapse and in went Avery Bradley. And, you know, he, he got the start last game. They are missing... Caruso as well uh, exactly. from last year. Not to mention so, him. He's a dog. Uh, Look what he's doing for Chicago. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's why Avery Bradley started the last game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, interesting that he's got that uh, matchup against Houston and he got 30 minutes. I, he's out there for defense. And so I think it, I think it turns around right now. And yeah. I, I think they're sending the message behind closed doors that if you want to play, you've got to play defense. That's a good point. So, you know, and they get the, the great matchup against Houston to show off their defensive prowess. And we it's looking like uh, Russ and, and LeBron, AD, will all be out there tonight. You know, nobody really smashed. They didn't need to against Houston. So, again, I'm just not probably looking at any of those three in the cash lineup. Uh, yeah. um, okay. Bradley is interesting on DraftKings at 3,000. He's not shooting much, but – you know, he could get a few steals and, and pay that off, but just not really interested in the Lakers here and the bench. Uh, Mello, uh, talk about revenge game uh, yeah. against Houston 23 points, six stocks. Uh, so, uh, he's the, probably the my favorite play tonight if you're going to go with the Laker, but mostly a pass game for me on both sides. Yeah, I'm not thrilled about it either, but you know, I, I wouldn't mind having some exposure. It's it's funny. It's it's the nightmare that we expected is starting to show in the in the statistics for usage with the Lakers. You know, everybody wants to roster LeBron and Davis and Westbrook. Sometimes I'm still sour on Westbrook. I did have him in that one big game he had, but I'm telling you, and you you can tell me if I'm wrong, but when James and Davis are both playing, especially LeBron, Russ just is the third wheel, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't want to play him in. You know, almost ten thousand on DraftKings. I don't yeah, think this his is the night. Nice. Is too high for being the third banana, you know. But here's the, the the nightmare though. LeBron, even though he's played five games, the other two played seven. Twenty nine percent. Anthony Davis, twenty nine percent. Westbrook, twenty eight percent. There you so, go. Yeah. How frustrating is that? And and how when the, all three of them are playing in a game like this where they're a double-digit favorite, they could blow them out. You know all three of them aren't going to play extended minutes at all in blowouts. I just I just don't want to go there. I, you know, Now, if LeBron sits for some reason, 
then Westbrook, I think, becomes the play, or even Davis. Um, so again, I'm with you. When it's a, when it's the big three all playing, it's very hard to pay up for one of them unless there's a huge mismatch with the other team. Cheap uh, on the cheap wise, really the only guy I trust at this point is Carmelo, and he's still scary. He can throw a dud on the board, but he is playing with a lot of enthusiasm. I he's been fun to watch this late in his career that he's playing that hard, but. 21% usage for a guy that's played in all seven games and he's getting, you know, 20 minutes a game. That's that's pretty much what you expect for him at his price. But that whole other bunch, no thanks. Rondo, Monk, Bazemore, Reeves, Bradley, I get it. They need his defense. Jordan Howard, just a nightmare. And, you know, Reeves, I know he's getting in the rotation a little bit, but I played him the other night and sat and watched that whole game. Whew, he's not quite ready yet in my opinion i know he's getting minutes and he's in the rotation but yeah i the lakers are just a really garbage dfs team all of a sudden because you got three real expensive guys that split usage and somewhat of a bunch of chumps after that i hate to say that to the lakers fans but it is what it is yeah plus there's some inconsistency you know rondo didn't play in the last game does he jump back in the rotation uh you just can't quite trust those rotations yet so no not at all yep all right well we're gonna put our lineups together on the stuff that we can trust and we feel good about so again jump in with us dfscoachtalk.com and then we'll be back tomorrow uh coach will for another podcast seven days a week in the nba we'll have a golf podcast tomorrow so stick with us we appreciate all your support and see if we can crush it tonight so on behalf of coach and the entire dfs coach talk team i'm andrew hansen We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.